Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We have a fabulous guest on tonight. Miss Sally Mann Romano has written a great book called The Bands With Me Tour 1964 to 1975. And you will, if you get this book, and uh, I think after you hear this interview, you're going to want to, you will have an all-access pass to uh, an incredible rock and roll life, no holds barred, and she tells it like it is. She is also an attorney in her native Texas, is the proprietor of an animal sanctuary and deep pocket money pit known as Rocket Ranch Rescue. She came to the law after her marriage to Spencer Dryden, drummer for the Jefferson Airplane, having also spent a number of years working for, traveling with, intending to Frank Zappa, The Grateful Dead, Grace Slick, 10 years after Stephen Stills, the band, and other characters of similarly dubious repute. She's a clothes horse and a complete motorhead, and uh, we've just gotten to know each other over the last several months via uh, the magic that is the Twitterverse. And Sally, I want to welcome you to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I really appreciate it. This is an incredible book. You were one rock and roll babe, and uh, I imagine you still are, but uh, wow, what a life you've led. I'm pretty much more like a rock and roll bag lady these days, but I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the reference anyway. Well, you know, I uh, when I started to see, I don't know if it was on Facebook or Twitter, uh, your picture, it's from the stage of Woodstock, and you're sitting next to your best friend, Grace Slick, from the Jefferson Airplane. Right. Those are, um, you know, it's just so amazing how those pictures have sort of lived on. I mean, no one really believes that we'd still be looking at them 50 years later but um, those are taken by Henry Diltz and um, what's so great is that a lot of his other photographs are in the book as well um, he was the uh, you know the sort of official Woodstock photographer and he and Jim Marshall were there um, taking taking lots of pictures and and um, there we are in all of our glory uh, trying to stay dry and out of the mud yeah well and as a matter of fact Grace Slick wrote the foreword to your book the band's That's with right. me did. Sure did. And you are still in touch with Grace, correct? Uh-huh. I just talked to her on Saturday, in fact. How's know, she, she doing? Just, well, you know, she just came through the uh, the fires, the Malibu fires oh, yeah. were um, a pretty traumatic event. She, uh, the, uh, she lives on a road that uh, was consumed by by the blaze and the firefighters couldn't get there but um uh, a neighbor managed to lasso somebody who saved her house and but the grounds were completely destroyed and so you know she had to evacuate and and it's 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 been awful really and um but she's you know she's hanging in she's back home and things are starting to come back she said the neighborhood is starting to look a little green again and good. um um she's all right she's doing she's She's her same irrepressible self. <laughs> and that's why we love her, one of the reasons. Takes no prisoners. <laughs> that's a good model for the rest of us. Sally, you uh, grew up in Texas. Tell us uh, what that was like, what the town was, and how the hell you got out of there and got your way to Los Angeles. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, um, it was, you can date everything in my life from... Um, pre-Beatles, post-Beatles. Okay. You know, because the, the world just completely changed on its axis in 19, whatever. The, 64. You know, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan appearances were. So, um, it went from, it was, the world went you from know, black. I just always was wanting to, I, I just, you know, I was in trouble all the time and just, <laughs> you know, my father was very strict and, um, it was just, you know, it, it just everything you can imagine it to be. But after the Beatles broke, it was, uh, you know, how how do I exit this place and marry Paul McCartney? Um, you know, it was my, my entire mission in life was to, to marry a Beatle. And, and uh, um, you know, it, it, it just... It just, you know, it's it's impossible to, to explain to people these days what a cataclysmic event, you know, the Beatles were in, in so many people's lives. It just changed everything. Well, um, and that was, you know, it was really the time uh, 
In my book, Blue Guitar Highway, say 1955 was the time America went from black and white to color. But I also think you could say uh, 1964 was the time America went uh, from black and white to color. So you got out to uh, California and... uh, did you have any plans? You were just, I'm going to Los Angeles and see what's going to no, happen. No, it, uh, it, it, uh, it came about at a, a typically, you know, it, these are just sort of the hallmark of my life, you know, of just doing something just incredibly insane without a plan <laughs> in mind and about 56 cents to rub together. I, uh, I, I was... Uh, I had graduated from high school in Houston a couple of years early. I, uh, for all of my wantonness, I'm a really good student, and I skipped two grades. And so I was like 16 years old, and two days after I graduated from high school in Houston, I mean, everybody had to get, at that time, you wanted to get to Austin. So the right. only way I could do that was to go to the University of Texas. And um, when I was there, things were just exploding. I mean, you have no idea. Austin in 1965 was just, you know, a really exciting place to be. And mm-hmm. um, Doug, at, coincidentally, at the same time, um, Doug Somm um, uh, had released a couple of singles and was really starting to break nationwide and i had uh, started to go out with his road manager who for the sole reason that he looked exactly like bob dylan um <laughs> his complete qualifications that's all you were, need, he looked right? exactly like bob dylan um and one day he announced to me that they were leaving. They were leaving. Well, Doug was in San Antonio, uh, but they were leaving Texas to go to Hollywood uh, to be on Hullabaloo and Shindig and uh, do a, a press tour for uh, She's About a Mover. Right. A big nationwide hit single. And I said, oh, you know, there is absolutely no way I'm staying here. Right. And y'all are going out there without me. So it was just like this migration that, you know, uh, it would make a great HBO series. It's the whole, um, Doug's whole band, um, or all of these and their relative. I mean, it was like, you know, chickens in paper sacks and, you know, goats and stuff was right. kind of right. uh, piled into all of these station wagons. And I, um, so I essentially ran away, you know, I ran away from, uh, uh, although I ran away from home, I mean, I ran away from campus. And I had, I sold, the week before, I sold everything I owned, which was like my, my textbooks and a blow hairdryer, uh, a bonnet hairdryer, not even a blow hairdryer, um, and took off for uh Parts unknown in Hollywood, and it took us about four. We had to do a detour because all of a sudden they freaked out because I was so underage right. that they were all going to get arrested. So we detoured down into Mexico, and um, Richard his, uh, was my poor erstwhile fake husband's name. Um, we got married in Mexico, which was completely uh, invalid because we were underage, had no parental permission or anything, but at least it got us as far as uh, Hollywood. And so that's how I got to California. Um, you got to you know, do... Months later, my parents found me, and uh, but it was it was uh, uh, quite a trek. It's so, like Okie's leaving the Dust Bowl. It's right, in the opposite direction. Right. Uh, it's the land of the Do-Re-Mi. But you, you had no Do-Re-Mi. You know... Uh, I, I think I accumulated from the sale of every single thing I own. I, I have for some reason this the sum, the princely sum of $60, six in my head to move <laughs> across country for the rest of my life. You know, Sally, you have to do an audio version of your book, The Band's With Me. You've got that great Texas accent and uh, you've got such uh, a you just have a certain light to your vocal quality that it's just, I'm just uh, thrilled chatting with you. I'm, it's really making my day. You know, there's one thing, Doug Som, I got to know Doug uh, because he used to, he had a gal up here in Minnesota. So he'd come up for the summertime. He was also a huge baseball fan. So he'd go see the Minnesota Twins and then the St. Saint Paul Saints. And I'd bump into him. He'd come down to some of my gigs. And he used to, there was another guy named Willie Murphy who just passed. He used to check out another guy named Curtis Say. But anyway, I was doing some reading. I just stumbled on this thing uh, a few months back that when Doug 
it might have been with Doug and Augie in the band, the Sir Douglas Quintet. They got busted for weed by Sheriff Joe Arapaio, that crazy, oh, wow. yeah, that crazy <laughs> Arizona cop. Yeah, in fact, somebody posted it, and uh, yeah, who's the guy that uh, uh, you know made the uh, uh, the prisoners in his jail were were. Pink clothing, and then of course Trump. Of course, uh, after he got uh, busted for whatever he was, uh, he should have had doing. that put on his tombstone. You <laughs> <laughs> talk about a claim to fame right there. Man. Busted by Sheriff Joe, and I survived. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and then you know Trump. Of course, uh, let's. Well, you uh, know the only reason he survived is because he was white. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, not to state the obvious. But, but but then the other story uh before we end this segment with Sally Man Romano is that uh though you know, back uh you didn't want to get caught with marijuana in the 60s or even 70s in t- down south. But what I heard what Augie and Doug would do is they would uh, pack their microphone stands with weed. Oh, that's a good idea because, you know, the Grateful Dead and the new writers and the airplane all use their speaker cabinets. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have more with Sally and Romano. We're going to listen to a little Sir Doug, uh, the Sir Douglas Quintet, and we'll be right back in the morning. You'll find the music you're looking for at the Electric Fetus. Pick from rock, pop, international, roots music, and so much more on CD and vinyl. Or create your own compilation of favorites with the exclusive Mix and Burn CD station. Only available at the Electric Fetus. Dust off your vinyl or just make some space by turning your unwanted music into cash. The used selection changes daily, so check out the new arrivals often. 2000 4th Avenue South in Minneapolis and online at efetus.com. Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. With coronavirus, I hope you're holding up well. Thanks for keeping your radio tuned to AM 950. This is a challenging time for everyone, including us here at AM 950. Right now, it's so important to keep AM 950 on the air, ensuring a progressive radio voice is in Minnesota for the 2020 election cycle. The best in progressive talk lives here with Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Brad Freeman, and of course the local hosts like Brett Johnson, Robert Pilot, and myself. To make sure AM 950 keeps broadcasting, we need your financial support now. Head over to am950radio.com and sign up to support with however much you can. Your assistance will help keep AM950 on the air. And Brett and I will be personally thanking listeners who contribute on our shows. Head over to am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. Declare, yes, I want to support AM950. From everyone here at AM950 and from me personally, thank you very much. And thanks for listening to the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics for Zero Res. They know nothing is more important than your health during these stressful times. For years, Zero Res has committed to providing safe cleaning solutions for you. It's why their cleaning process has achieved the highest ratings in independent laboratory tests. They understand cleaning is part of preventing and will always follow CDC guidelines. Right now, you can get three-room Zero Res cleans starting at only $129, plus an additional 10% off when you clean both your carpets and your air ducts. But you have to mention AM950 when you call 952-ZERO-RES or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Hello? Is anybody here? You there. I'm George Washington, here for the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Where is everyone? It was moved, sir. Ben Franklin blasted out an event on Facebook and invited everyone to Independence Hall. Didn't you get it? I'm Chad Hobart with Social Media MN. If your marketing is behind the times, contact us online at socialmediamn.com or at 763-244-4058. We can help your business message get blasted out on social media and Google search. We offer uncomplicated, results-driven, and affordable internet marketing solutions for businesses of all sizes. Socialmediamn.com or 763 
244-4058. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest for the whole show tonight, author and uh, really cool rockin' lady, Sally Man Romano, who's written a great book called The Bands With Me. In the, in the first set of the show, we talked about Sally growing up in uh, Houston, Texas, and at 16, making her way out to Los Angeles. So, Sally, you're in Los Angeles. There's a great uh, chapter in your book. You're broke, and you and your girlfriend are going, and you order food at Cantor's Deli, one of the greatest delis in the world, and you don't have the money to pay for it, and then you bump into Phil Spector, the great producer. Oh, it was... It was it was just priceless. Um, you know, and, and, and another sort of aspect of this era was that nobody ever had any money. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we never had any money. It was just a nightly occurrence that but some miracle would occur that would, uh, you know, allow us to eat and stay fed, fed and um, <laughs> clothed. And, uh, but we were doing our tip, you know, after the, the clubs closed, after the whiskey closed or the, the trip or wherever we were uh, closed, at 2 o'clock everybody went to to canners and there was this line of humanity outside right. that was just i mean indescribable and so shelly and i did our usual thing of ordering food that we couldn't pay for and <laughs> looking around the room and um we we had uh, bagels with cream cheese and strawberry jam and for me this is more like a delicacy because we don't right. have bagels in texas right, there were no right. jewish people in houston that we knew of and you know so this was like a big thing and shelly went on to be the star of hair and was just this gorgeous little petite thing and we're sitting there casting our eyes about the the dining room for a likely you know target for our our begging and she says oh look there's phil specter and and, uh you know he's sitting in his booth with his bodyguard this guy this russian dude named max who is just like this you know incredible hulk of a guy and Phil looks like oh, he's about four foot eleven next to him, but he's wearing some kind of fur coat or something. Sure. And so she said, "Go ask him for the money." And so, so I said, "Okay, I'll do that." So I, uh, I go. I uh, can't even believe it. it. Just sounds unbelievable to me telling this story. <laughs> so I walk over to their booth, and Phil looks up at me like you know. And I have to say, I looked uh, a lot better then than I do now. I, 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 <laughs> I get doubt away that, with but go ahead. Because of the way I looked, and um, he looks up at me like. Yes, you know. Yeah, I think he probably thought I wanted to ask him for an autograph, which is hilarious. Right, right. I don't do autographs, um, but I said, "Look," um, and I told him some ridiculous story how we had lost our wallet or something. Sure. Lie, and I said that um, you know we had this tab that uh, we couldn't pay, and perhaps he would be so kind as to cover it for us. And he said, "Well, how much is it?" And I said three. It was two bagels. Right, you know, back right. in the sixties, two bagels was three dollars. And he thought I meant three hundred dollars. And um oh my God. After we got through that where I was like stuttering and trying to tell him no, I meant three one dollar bills as opposed to right, three hundred dollar right, right. bills. Um he paid you know, he he um agreed, you know, he covered the tab and he asked us to come sit down with him and you know, we ended up you know, going back, you know, from there on, we he struck up a conversation, and um, uh, we became fast friends, and that's how I met Phil Spector, begging in a public restaurant. <laughs> now, did you get it? Yeah, we had, you have to understand, we had no shame. Right. Shame just was not a factor. <laughs> um, you know, we had to get these damn bagels paid for, and we didn't sure. care how we did it. Now... You know, uh, Phil, of course, had the great wall of sound. He worked with Renette and uh, uh, Ike and Tino, River Deep, Mountain High. Uh, that's, that's like a, that's, I think that's his masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. and, and you, then he worked with Leonard Cohen. And, crazy. and I might just throw in here, too, this is the pre-homicidal Phil. Yeah, right, right. About. He hadn't, you know, gone off the rails quite quite so badly. But Although he, was, he had a full count of weirdness going on. Yeah, so now did you get up to his place then in the Hollywood Hills? Pardon? Did you get, uh, did you spend some time with him? And, and yeah, his... that's when he lived on, uh, he had a big, uh, oh, just this big castle kind of place at the end of uh, Sunset Boulevard. I think it was on uh, Las Colinas. And, okay. Um, it was, you know, this massive structure with 
Gates and uh, another bodyguard. And But he was always with this guy, Max. You know, he had his bodyguard with him all the time. And it was just a, you know, it was just at that time he was, you know, uh, I don't know what was going on with him and Ronnie Spector, but she was on the East Coast and, and he was on the West Coast. And uh, he was just rattling around in this giant, you know, mansion by himself. and But at the time, he was obsessed with Lenny Bruce. This was in his Lenny right, Bruce right. Uh, face. And all he really, uh, he was so concentrated on exonerating and representing and uh, clearing Lenny Bruce's name that, um, you know, that, that took up a quite a bit of his interest. Hmm. Well, I, w- I will just, I want to give one more little plug sure. to Cantor's because that's also the place that standing in line, I met Frank Zappa, hmm. who became another paramour of mine. So we got to give a big shout out to Cantor's. Right. And didn't, it's, uh, it's where the elite meet. Yeah. Well, I was, when I was uh, out there doing some gigs at the Troubadour and hanging out, uh, we go to Cantor's, you know, Two three times a week, I buddied up with Frank Stallone and Elliot Easton from the Cars. They treated me like a king, and so went to there. And then Barney's Beanery, of course, that was around oh, back yeah. then. But their their food is kind of funky. Yeah, I know, but it's a, it's a great place to have beers and play pool. Yeah, yeah, that's and, where I was when I heard that Bobby Kennedy got assassinated. Wow. With, I was with a Big Brother with Janice wow. the day that Bobby Kennedy got killed. I, I think it just has a bad association in my yeah, mind. Yeah, well, you know, there's also a strange RFK day uh, that, that Wiki was assassinated at the Ambassador Hotel. If you watch the beginning, the opening of Gilligan's Island when the uh, USS Minnow is going out to sea, in the background there's a U.S. flag at half-mast because they were in, in honor of... Uh, Oh, wow. wow, that's that's an interesting little piece of trivia. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when I was out there, uh, my friend Tom Arnold was working on the Roseanne show. So we'd go to Studio City and, and uh, uh, drive through Laurel Canyon. And I believe... Fred- Isn't it funny just how the mention of Tom Arnold's name makes you start laughing? I mean, he's <laughs> a hilarious guy. And, and on Twitter, he's just... He's just insane. It's just wonderful. I was oh. there the night he met. We we were running buddies back in the day when we were getting our careers together in Minneapolis. I was there the night he opened for Roseanne. Then we went back to uh, his house that he shared with about four other comedians. Uh, partied until uh, the middle of the morning. And uh, not long after that, uh, he married Roseanne Barr. But uh, we've got Sally and <laughs> Romano on. And uh, boy, there uh, well, all I was going to say was when you're driving through, you go by Frank Zappa's old place that I believe used to be he, – he bought from the estate or inherited from Tom Mix, the singing cowboy. Yeah, he bought the Log Cabin, Yeah, uh, which is, you know, a famous place on uh, Laurel Canyon Boulevard. Yeah. Um, he had the log, the log Cabin for a while. Sally, you are, uh, God, you have so many stories. I want to hear more of them. We will be back on the Wall of Power Radio Hour with Sally Mann Romano. Great book called The Bands With Me. After a little music and messages. Number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Hi, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz here. I know the past few weeks have been incredibly difficult and disruptive. We're facing an unprecedented challenge in the COVID-19 virus. I want you to know that the state of Minnesota is putting every resource into this fight. We're being thoughtful and collaborative both inside and outside of government to keep Minnesotans safe. What I need from each of you is, is continue to do what you've been doing so well. Stay home when you can, especially when you're sick. Follow those rules. Wash your hands. Cover your cough. 
don't touch your face. They're not just things to repeat. They actually save lives. If you need more information, please go to the Minnesota Department of Health website and use the hashtag StayHomeMN. Minnesotans, we've been through challenging times before. This will press us, but we will get through it. We'll do it by the basic decency, about caring for our neighbors, and following the rules that keep us all safe. We'll get through this together, Minnesota, and come out stronger on the other side. Thanks for your cooperation. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. I'm Nick Slavic, proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I've been a craftsman for more than 25 years. My company has been awarded more than five national awards for craftsmanship. You won't find somebody who loves their job more than me. I've devoted my life to my family, my craft, my business, and to the people who trust me with their projects. And I'm happier for doing it. Visit N-I-C-K-S-L-A-V-I-K.com to learn more. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. With your AM50 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight we got rain, low around 33. Tomorrow, chance of rain with a high near 49. Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 55. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 55. And Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a high near 51. Moe's Tax Service has been working for you, not the IRS, since 1971. Located in Highland Park in St. Paul, they're one of the largest sites that electronically files taxes in the country. Call 612-721-2026 or visit moestax.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. And my guest for the whole show is the ever-delightful Sally Mann Romano, who wrote a great book about her time in rock and roll called The Bands With Me, Tour 1964 to 1975. At the end of the last set, Sally, you were uh, you dropped a name that I think people would like to know a little more about, uh, a woman, also a Texas lady, by the name of Janice Joplin. Right, right. Big Brother. Yep, Big Brother and the Holding Company. So how did you hook up with uh, Janice and uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company? Well, you know what the worst words in the English language to a person of my age are? Do you remember? <laughs> um, I'm going to take a, a flying shot at that Big Brother we're playing at the Whiskey. I think um, um, in 67 or so, um, maybe early 68, they, were, they probably did a... a five-day gig at the whiskey mm-hmm. um and i uh, that's my that's my uh, story and i'm sticking to it okay. uh, but somehow when they were in la uh for an extended period of time i um um met and started going around with james Gurley, her uh one of her guitar players sure and um uh we got uh close and i ended up uh moving from L.A. to San Francisco to be with James. Hmm. Um, and so that's how that uh, sort of uh, second wave of the California migration happened. Right. I went up to San Francisco and um, ended up getting a place there. And, um, uh, you know, that that's the, the big brother angle of that. And, uh, you know, they were, they were uh, playing all up and down California and, and across the United States at the time. Did uh, uh, Janice and yourself, did you have any uh, uh, things in common, both growing up in Texas like you did? Well, um, yeah. You know, we both drank way too much and uh, were too loud. <laughs> Blame it and, on Texas. Uh, I love know, it. like to be the center of attention. Sure. And liked, uh, and like Grace. I'm going to throw Grace in here because we all like to be, we really enjoyed um, having a lot of guys. You know, Grace is often said, and, and I know Janice felt this way, that she likes being in a band with a bunch of guys. And, um, 
Uh, so, you know, we had those things in common. Um, you know, Janice had, uh, was just, uh, you know, at this point, uh, a lot of fun. And, and you know, she, uh, you know, the, the good thing about some of these years, this was a, the, uh, a period of time when really horrible things had not started taking their toll on people. Right. So, you know, she was just, you know, somebody who had a bottle of Southern Comfort and, uh, you know, uh, Spencer Dryden had his bottle of Jack Daniels and everybody was just rocking along, not not uh, uh, suffering too much. So how did you bump into Spencer Dryden, the drummer uh, for the Jefferson Airplane, and start that romance? Well, uh, if you must know... We must, um, we I, must know I, on the Wall of Pop I, Radio Hour. We must know. I, uh, <laughs> this same question, this is hilarious, because this, this same question was posed to me by a reporter for um, Gentleman's Quarterly about uh, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. He asked me, he did, he did an interview with me, and he asked me how I met my husband, and I told him, I said, I had some fabulous cocaine, and I sold it to him. <laughs> um, and he said, we can't print that. And I said, well, that's the story of my life. You can't print that. So um, that's where that interview came to an end. But that's, uh, you know, I uh, uh, I was really good friends with Yorma. See, the, the summer... Um, of 60, I think it was 68 or 67, uh, the airplane spent the entire summer in Los Angeles mm-hmm. recording, uh, after bathing at Baxter's. And so they would be in the whiskey, Paul would be in the whiskey, and that's where I met Paul Kantner. And so by the time I moved to San Francisco, I was already real tight with Yorma. Right. Yorma was one of my best friends, and, uh, Yorma Kalkin and the oh, yeah. stars for the airplane. Well, and, and um, they were sort of known for liking to sample certain kinds of wares, and I happened to have some of those wares, and I um, mentioned it to Yorma, and he said, well, why don't you call Paul? And Paul said, why don't you call Spencer? And um, so I met Spencer one afternoon, and um, that was it. We were together from that day on. Well, and Yorma, who I've had uh, the great pleasure of uh, opening for a couple of times, fellow Finlander, uh, I might add, and whose father was a CIA spook, uh, uh, that he was in the State Department, but uh, Yorma's now has mentioned that uh, over the years, hopefully, so I don't think I'm uh, letting anything out of the bag on that one. We've got Sally Man Romano on the show, if you've just tuned into the Wall of Power Radio Hour. So, there's so much more to cover, but tell us about your hanging out really 67, the summer love. Uh, it had to be an incredibly powerful uh seen back then before like you said before everything started to go dark uh but you're hanging you're you're going out with the drummer for the jefferson airplane you're hanging out with big brother and the holding company and then uh there's some crossover and you're starting to to hang out with the grateful dead and the new riders the purple sage right uh spencer uh ended up leaving the airplane in 1970 and um we we moved from san francisco across the bridge to Sausalito, and over the course of the, our first few months over there, he was doing a lot of session work, and um, he, he just, you know, this was just such an incredible time. Even the music for um, Sesame Street was being recorded huh. by... Uh, San Francisco musician Bob Skaggs and sure. um, you know the the Electric Company and Jerry Slick Grace's first husband was recording video for PBS and I mean the, just the music thing was just everywhere and over the course of that summer Jerry, this was when Jerry Garcia was still playing uh, pedal steel with the New Riders mm-hmm. but um, you know the the Dead and the New Riders are so famous for their um, interminable sets, right, <laughs> right, four hours apiece, and so Jerry just it, it just got to, had gotten to the point where Jerry, um, you know, he couldn't hang for eight hours, yeah, uh, and well, they, the, drugs so the new are, riders were were sort of changing personnel a little bit, right. and they got they got uh, Buddy Cage from uh, Ian and Sylvia to come down from uh, Canada, Canada and uh, to play pedal steel. And Kreutzmann, Billy Kreutzmann had been playing, and, and well, wait a minute, no, Mickey Hart, uh, the drummer for the Dead, had been sure. playing drums with the New Riders. And so they, they, you know, they, they just couldn't do both forever. Right. Um, and so, uh, Jerry came by the house one day and, uh, ended up talking to Spencer and, you know, over the course of, uh, just really almost, uh, a week or so, Spencer ended up joining the New Riders, um, as their drummer and really? Buddy Cage. 
uh, became the drummer for, uh, I mean, became the pedal steel player for the New Riders. Right. Well, that's something, that's why you have to listen to the Ball and Power Radio Hour, because most people probably would not know that Jerry Garcia recruited Spencer Dryden to play drums for the New Riders. I have to ask you, you've got some great photographs in your book that uh, no one has ever seen before. The great color photos, um, and, you know, back of the day, Grace Slick, Paul Kantner, Spencer Dryden, you know, uh, and yourself, Sally, uh, Man Romano, gorgeous photos, gorgeous, gorgeous people, I might add. And what I... Go they ahead. were pretty good looking, weren't they? They were damn good looking. And uh, what I loved here, I know, page 165, I'm just, you've got the... Uh, the and I, can I just, I just yeah. want to throw something out here. For all you people on Facebook and Twitter who think I still look like that, I do. I look exactly <laughs> like I did on stage at Woodstock 50 years ago. So just keep that little vision in mind. <laughs> Haven't know, aged a bit. No, I... I, I uh, you, Whatever you say, Sally, we're down with it. <laughs> hey, Sally, I gotta ask you. I love that you know, as a young guitar player growing up, uh, those those tie dye, those psychedelic tie dyes that uh, both the New Riders and the Dead used uh, for their amplifiers were. You know, I saw the Dead in '73 with the Wall of Sound in St. Paul, so I experienced that whole thing the first night I ever saw them. But I have to ask you, did you ever get dosed at uh, accident? Well, not. It, you weren't getting ghost taxes. You know, that's a, it's, it's an interesting question because a lot of people have a misunderstanding about that. And they just think that if you went to a Grateful Dead show that you were just automatically dosed. You know, I have been dosed, but not by any, uh, you know, not by the people, not by the usual suspects, you know. Right. Um, uh, but in, uh, I'll let this out. There's a code at Grateful Dead shows, or there at least was in my era, that if any, um, beer or drink or anything was uh dosed the bottle or the the whatever it came in would be uh, uh mutilated in some way like huh. the most common thing was on a, a bottle of heineken's or something the label would be torn really? um and and if it was like a red dixie cup it would be pressed in on one side wow. and you know people weren't just randomly hey let's get this person all screwed up you know right. um but i mean there was uh, it's not to say that there wasn't dosing going on but but most people knew you know and and, and backstage i mean the roadies of the grateful dead are more famous than the band and yeah. it wasn't just like random people um you know gulping down vats of lsd right um, um so you know i have been dosed uh, but but um yeah, you know, when I got dosed by the Grateful Dead, I knew what I was. At least I knew I was getting dosed. Right, right, Sally. We got about two minutes left. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Bill Graham in New York City. I just cold called him at his Winterland office on Sixty Fourth Street. I had eighty six. I just put out a single uh, called Fifty Nine Coal Mines. He answered the door. He was vacuuming his office, and he let me in. And he couldn't have been nicer. Um, and uh, but you have a great story. Now we got a minute and thirty. Tell us about when he invited you and others to see Marlena Dietrich at the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco. Um, it uh, okay. Uh, I was working for the Grateful Dead, and Bobby Weir, uh, uh, guitarist for the Dead, and um, and Spencer, who was on the road with the New Riders with them, were on the road, and it was Christmas time, and. It, it uh, came to pass that uh, Marlena Dietrich was uh, going to be in town in San Francisco at the Fairmont. And Bill, you know, he's a, a guy who, he loves the, the huge gesture. He's just, you know, people have bad impression, but he's a wonderful human being. Yeah. And he invited, he bought tickets for uh, a bunch of us. Uh, Herb Green, the famous rock photographer whose pictures are in my book, and Frankie Weir, Bobby's uh, uh, wife at the time, and me, and uh, Zahn Artman, his assistant. And just a, a great, uh, but probably about twelve of us all together, and we went we went to see um, 
uh, Marlena Dietrich at the Fairmont Hotel, and it was just it's just one of those nights that just sparkled, you know, from beginning to end. He came for us all in this gorgeous limousine with, uh, you know, brandy and and other refreshments. And um, but the the gig, you know, for Grateful Dead people, it was just it was just incredible. They clear, you know, she had uh, such an incredible ironclad contract. She uh, all silverware, even water glasses have to be cleared off the tables during her show and um she was about 80 something at the time and she had this dress that she's that's a hugely famous dress um that she was sort of um stitched into and and, uh bill was just transported you know he's from germany and um he just you know he just was enraptured by her set and i mean it was just it was a fabulous fabulous night and he just had we all had a really really wonderful time and it was a sort of a a, a cross-cultural experience for us and and it, it was a really really wonderful evening sally uh man romano we're going to have you on for uh, one more set her book is called The Bands With Me. Track it down on Amazon. Uh, we're going to talk about Richard Manuel and also her Rocket Rescue Ranch after a little music and he's messing. Formerly the Audubon Center of the Northwoods, Osprey Wilds is a nonprofit environmental learning center on Grindstone Lake in Sandstone, Minnesota. Osprey Wilds has community events like Dinner at the Lake, Maple Syrup Day and learning opportunities for all ages. Audit an environmental education college class, snowshoe or ski our trails, or learn about our wildlife programming. We're open to the public year-round. Visit online at ospreywilds.org. That's ospreywilds.org. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics. We appreciate you listening to AM950 and promoting Minnesota's only progressive talk station. We also want to remind you how important it is to support our advertisers amid the coronavirus outbreak. The advertisements you hear on AM950 are what allows us to stay on the airwaves and bring you the best in progressive talk radio. We're not funded through some giant parent company. We're an independent, locally owned business that relies on the local advertisers you hear. Unfortunately, many of those advertisers are going to be hit hard by the coronavirus closures. So please, support our advertisers in any way that you can. Whether that's ordering some delicious takeout food from one of our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants, purchasing gift cards, or even just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting AM950. We know times are tough, so even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way to help. Find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. And thanks for listening. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Rudy Luther Toyota is caught up in the coronavirus just like the rest of us, but they also understand many people still need their vehicle running smoothly. Rudy Luther Toyota has their service department open for business, but don't worry. They have the social distancing requirement down. They're working with a reduced staff who are constantly sanitizing and cleaning all touch points as they go. Feel free to use the outside vehicle drop-off, and you can pay remotely to limit exposure. And, of course, you get Rudy Luther's top-notch guaranteed service. We'll get through this together. For social distancing with a smile, it's Rudy Luther Toyota on 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Welcome back to the fourth set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzl. My guest for the whole show, uh, just the fabulous Sally Man Romano, who's got a great book out called The Bands With Me. First of all, Sally, tell us how people can track down the book. 
The best way uh, to get the book um, is on blurb.com. Okay. Uh, you can just do a search with, for the bands with me, and that's for the soft cover book. Um, there uh, is an iTunes version uh, on Apple, on in Apple Books, and mm. uh, there is a Kindle version, uh, but it's uh, important to note that it's in the Kindle store, not in Kindle books. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I really love it if people can get the, the actual book on, on Blurb because um, of the photographs. Yeah. You know, there, there's over 100 photos in the book, and um, we were just so lucky that a, a completely guy that my book designer happened to know from a million years ago just came forward at the sort of at the end of the deal and he had these hundreds of unpublished photographs of the grateful dead that were just i mean they're just stupendous yeah and, so, and he just he just let us have them so uh, there's a lot of great photos and we also need to talk about uh uh, other than our love of music and a lot of the musicians uh you hung out with we also are big uh Animal rescue people. I'm a big doggy rescue guy. You rescue um, donkeys and dogs. Tell us about that. Go ahead. Rocket yeah, I have Ranch. A little, uh, I have a little place um, about 65 miles from Houston. It's a, um, uh, a, about eight acres uh, outside of Huntsville. And I have, um, I think right now I have 15 animals out here. And the donkey, uh, Gringo, who prefers to be known by his stage name, Badonka Donk, um, <laughs> was a, a left here by somebody who lived here before. And so the owner asked me if I would uh, take him in. And so that was sort of the first um, member of the, the new herd. And I had been um, feeding feral cats in Houston, much to the chagrin of my neighbors. And I managed to transplant about nine of them out here. And their uh, uh, progeny are all domesticated now. So there's cats and uh, dogs and three horses. I took in two horses from California. And I have a, a horse I've had for a really long time, Pepper. And so we just, uh, you know, try to keep body and soul together out here in the middle of nowhere. So how can people uh, track down the Rocket Ranch Rescue and make a donation? You said something about a GoFundMe page? The best way uh, to do that, I think, is uh, on GoFundMe. If they will just do a search for Rocket Ranch with an I, R-O-C-K-I-T, there's a number of campaigns um, that that were predicated on sort of like veterinary emergencies at the time. But there's an ongoing campaign for one of the rescues here is a diabetic uh, dog named Squeezer. And the campaign is Squeezer the the Wonder Pug. And uh, I'm told that 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 uh, site uh, has no glitches, and that the you know that it's uh, pretty hassle-free in terms of making donations. Great, and uh, um, God bless you for doing that great work. We've got about uh, four minutes left. I want to talk about your relationship with Richard Manuel, one of my uh, all-time favorite musicians, singer, the best, the best uh, keyboard player, and. Lee Von Helm's favorite drummer. Right. And he's, uh, he just, you know, I still can hardly listen to Lonesome Susie. You know, it's a, just the most amazing voice in the world. And uh, there's a great, what about that? There's something about Valentine's Day, a great gig, and then you guys go back to the hotel together with all those uh, roses, uh, courtesy of Bill Graham Presents, and with the humidifier turned into a sound like a wonderful night uh, of romance. It, it absolutely was. I mean, it was just completely out of the blue, and, and uh, you know, it just it was it just. Uh, it, and it's another tip of the hat to Bill Graham. I mean, when he does something. He does it upright, you know, and and uh, um, you can imagine what the last gig of the Bob Dylan, the band tour was in, in Los Angeles. I mean, everybody from Ringo Starr to Cher to, uh, you know, backstage was like, you know, the A-list of A-lists. And um, uh, Richard, uh, I think we've talked about this before, he had um, a deviated septum, right. and he... Uh, he, you know, he was used a lot of Sinex, but he had to have a humidifier um, all the time mm-hmm. uh, in his room to keep his his nasal passages clear. And, and we're not even going to go into the other side of that topic. Right, um, right, but, right. But he had, he, I forget if we were, we must have been at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I, I can't remember. Uh, or it might have been the Beverly Wilshire, but wherever where the hotel was, the um, humidifier had been 
lift on. And the roadies, uh, Bill Sheely, who deserves a huge shout-out, the best roadie in the world, um, brought all these roses that Bill had given the the band's girlfriends and wives. He had brought them back to the suite. And you and just, excuse me for a second, you had just started going out with Richard, correct? At the, the, like two days before. Wow. And Bill still, that this is just Bill Graham to a T, still, even though I had just met Richard at uh, their show in, in Oakland two days before, and he invited me to go down to the Valentine's gig, um, Bill still arranged to have the yellow, you know, and he, of course he had yellow roses for the yellow rose of Texas. Bill and I were pretty tight from my time. You know, he used to manage the airplane, and right. so, you know, Bill was a, a friend of mine. Um, but he had, uh, you know, arranged for these massive bouquets of roses, and um, they had been left in the hotel suite with that humidifier going. And when we opened the room, it was like Shangri-La. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just mind-boggling, you know. It, it really, really, really... Um, made the night quite quite exceptional. That is that is pure magic. You know, Sally, uh, we've touched on about less than ten percent of what's in your great book, "The Bands With Me." I have a, a long-standing uh, arrangement with Charles Pierce, the greatest liberal blogger and writer of our time. He comes on every chance we can get him. It's called Checkpoint Charlie. What I want to offer you tonight in the waning minutes of the Wall of Power Radio Hour, Sally Man Romano, is I would like to check in with you semi-regularly, and we are going to call it Sneaking Sally Through the Alley. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate you having me. And, and, uh, and I don't mind if people misunderstood anything about how to get a hold of the book or Rocket Ranch. They can always come to me on my Facebook page. It's open, and my messages are open on Twitter as well. Well, bless you, and, uh, and pet all the animals for me, and uh, have a wonderful day. You too, Paul. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metz, engineered by Hunter Haas. We'd like to thank our guest, Sally Mann Romano. Great book called The Bands With Me. You can track me down on paulmetza.com. If you're a business or have an event coming up and would like to advertise on this show, get a hold of info at am950radio.com. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. You can't keep me in the corner and you can't